Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Lan Orlana. Happy Thanksgiving, I mean, to my American followers. Currently in LA while recording this, I'm at Steph's apartment. Day two, well, I guess this is like my first full day here because yesterday was a travel day. I was so exhausted last night. I literally went to bed at 8 p.m. I was falling asleep at 7 p.m. because LA is three hours behind Toronto time. So 7 p.m. here is 10 p.m. at home and I had been up since 4.45 a.m. Toronto time, which is 1.45 a.m. LA time. So I was literally exhausted. I went to bed at 8 p.m. and woke up at 7 this morning. Literally almost slept for a full 12 hours, but literally been doing that since I've been sick with the flu. I still have a bit of a cough. I'm sorry if my voice still sounds raspy. Flying with the cough honestly made it a bit worse and I hope that it doesn't get more worse. I'm still taking, I'm taking like Dayquil now. I got Dayquil and I have throat lozenges that I've been taking, but the flu really did put me out. I did my first workout since being sick. This morning I went to Forma Pilates. I did the reformer class with Maddie this morning and respectfully, I was fucked by my Pilates instructor. I did it with the owner. I think her name is Lena. It was so hard. We were on the reformer. We also did the Pilates chair, which I've never used before and that shit was hard. I feel like I might be sore tomorrow, but I literally was shaking so much. I was most definitely humbled by that. But you guys, I'm such an idiot. I did not realize that it's been three years of Morning Ray on the 16th of November. It was our three-year anniversary. So this is our three-year anniversary episode and our November bonus episode. Pretty exciting, pretty insane. I can't believe I've been talking to a mic for three years. So happy three-year anniversary you guys but today's episode is just going to be an ask lan i took some questions that you asked me on my instagram at alana bloomberg and put them into a little doc we kind of touch on things about living in toronto making mistakes work stuff living in your 20s routine how to reset after feeling off some of my favorite products kind of everything so let's get into it Again, I'm really sorry if my voice is raspy or nasally or just off today. It doesn't normally sound like this. I kind of like the raspiness, but it just, it is what it is. I'm going to record this episode and then I'm going to go sit in a cute little cafe in LA. It is so nice and sunny over here. Probably going to go to Verve. You guys know I'm a slut for doing a cafe coffee shop tour when I'm in a city. So Verve is going to be our first stop but let's get into the episode question number one things you like about toronto and things you don't like if you don't know i'm canadian and i live in downtown toronto definitely has its pros and cons i love toronto for a really long time i did hate it and wanted to move away and really wanted to move to new york and just forgot about toronto and the gta area but I've grown to really love it and appreciate it, and it just feels very much like home. I love living in the heart of downtown Toronto. Like, I live pretty far south, like King West Entertainment District area, which has its pros and cons. Your walking distance 
to the bars, which is nice because then I don't have to Uber really ever if I want to go out, which means it's a completely free night out um, unless I go to a bar before and get a drink with the girls. But otherwise, then it's a free night because there's like no cover. I never buy myself drinks. Very rarely do I buy drinks when I'm out at a bar and then I can just walk home or walk there, which is really nice. So that's a pro. But then the con with that is that on the weekends, it can be kind of loud. The next morning, there's usually like throw up or like shit all over the streets. But Toronto's pretty good at cleaning that up. However, I do love how everything in my area is walking distance. I love that there's a million one local coffee shops because you guys know I love my local coffee shops. There's probably at least like five within a 10 minute walking radius from my apartment, which is super nice. There's also a ton of different fitness studios and gyms, so many amazing restaurants. I feel like the food scene in Toronto is incredible. You literally can get the best of anything. It's kind of like a mini New York. So I really love that. Summers in Toronto are amazing. I swear everyone is on a different wavelength than the rest of the year. There's just something about a summer in the city. I love it so much and it's so much fun. But the winters suck. Toronto is like a wind tunnel, especially the more south you go, the windier it gets. Like closer to the water you get, it gets super, super windy, which is not fun. The weather can be a bit bipolar. Like you'll literally have a million different seasons in the day, especially in fall and spring. I feel like the poverty rate has gone up and mental health is kind of like at an all-time high so there can be sometimes a little bit of homelessness with the crazies but for the most part they're harmless and I feel like I live in a safe area. I feel like I feel pretty safe in Toronto. There's some areas that I obviously wouldn't really walk alone in or walk alone at night in but I feel pretty safe in my area as a young female. I wouldn't say that there's that many cons of Toronto. It does feel quite kind of small. I feel like in terms of like fashion opportunities and certain career opportunities it does feel a bit limited but I also feel like the options are endless. There's so many amazing people to meet. There's a huge network and there's so many, like, there's always something happening in Toronto. Like, I feel like it's a really good city, especially for Canada. So, overall, I'm going to stop talking about Toronto. I do really love it. I do really recommend it as a city to live in in Canada, and I do really love it, and I'm proud to say that it is my home. Made a mistake at work, how to stop beating myself up. I know how this feels and I've done it a few times and you can really just like be really hard on yourself, especially if you care about your job and you care about how people view you. But at the end of the day, everyone makes mistakes. We're human. And the best thing you can do is apologize for making the mistake, learn what you did wrong and fix the mistake if possible or prove that you're going to work to mitigate whatever mishap happened and kind of the best thing about a mistake is you're likely to not make that mistake once you've made it unless you choose not to acknowledge it and choose not to change your behavior or your decisions you're really not likely to make that mistake ever again which is great the only thing that could be bad from you making this mistake is if you don't 
acknowledge or take responsibility for it and if you continue to make that mistake that's when it's annoying to your managers and your boss and the rest of your team but if you learn from this mistake and take accountability for it and continue to show that you're a really hard worker and don't make that mistake again I promise you it's really not that deep it's just work at the end of the day and everyone has made mistakes so just own up to it learn from your mistakes and move on how many days a week do you work out slash what types of workout do you do each day i'm currently in the process of switching up my workout routine i'm going from working with a trainer at a smaller gym to going to a bigger gym in toronto i'm going to altea because i've just been really craving an open gym environment and a gym like that with all the amenities and everything. And my friend Jen Carter is actually making me a little workout plan. So I'm going to be doing a bit more traditional lifting again, which is really fun. I'll be training with her occasionally because she also goes to that gym, which is really nice. Typically speaking, I work out ideally in an ideal week. I work out five to six days a week. I love cross training, as you guys know. So anything from running to Pilates, either mat Pilates or reformer, and then strength training. I love lifting weights. I love lifting heavy, and sometimes just like an active rest day where I'm walking a lot, like getting anywhere from 10,000 to 20,000 steps. That's why I love Toronto. It's a super walkable city, but my workout split moving forward once I'm training with Jen is probably going to be three lifting days a week. I think we decided on one upper, one lower, and one full body with kind of more of a lower body focus, and then one Pilates day and three runs. I'm not currently training for anything, but I am following a 5k running plan on the Runna app. You guys know I love this app. I want to really work on increasing my overall pace and 5k time, so that's the plan I'm doing. I think it's an eight-week plan, um, so it has me doing three runs a week. It's still the recovery run, a interval slash speed run, and then a longer run, which is really nice. I am going to have a double day, like where I do upper body and run, just so that I can have that rest day, and then one day of Pilates a week. So six days of workouts. Obviously, this ebbs and flows. I'm very flexible with my workout schedule, just just based on how my relationship is with fitness at this point in my life and kind of the lifestyle that I'm living. Shit happens. I have a busy week with social plans or travel plans or maybe I'm sick or I'm not feeling well or my body's just really run, run down. But in an ideal week, six days of workouts, three strength workouts, one Pilates and three running is what I'm planning on doing. I really have the goals of leaning down and building muscle right now. I would like to be a bit leaner than I am. So that's kind of my goal, but I want to feel strong and I want to train like more functionally. Like I want to do more of an athletic training, which is kind of what I've been doing. Like I want to actually build endurance and strength and ability to run and do these things as opposed to just like an aesthetic look from lifting. How to get back to yourself after a breakup with a long-term boyfriend that you lived with. It's kind of hard for me to give advice because obviously I've never had a long-term boyfriend and I've never lived with a boy, but I have been in longer-term situationship things. A few years ago, I was seeing a guy where every single weekend 
I was still living at home. He was living in downtown Toronto. It was during COVID. So every weekend, pretty much for the majority of our relationship, I spent three or four days at his apartment. And obviously that was an adjustment after things ended with him. But needless to say, I think in any situation, finding a new routine and things for you to get excited about that you know you really love and you enjoy and love spending time doing is super important. Like you don't have to prioritize another person in your life anymore, which is really nice. You can choose to be selfish and prioritize yourself and prioritize your needs and to lean into that self-care and to be selfish. So just find out what those things are for you and it could be a bit of trial and error or maybe you already know and dedicate more time to that, dedicate more time to your friendships with your girlfriends. Just really lean into the things that maybe you didn't have a lot of time for when you were seeing your boyfriend or maybe if it wasn't the best relationship and he kind of prohibited you from doing these things. Lean back into those things that you really enjoyed. Maybe you really loved going on runs and you kind of stopped that when you were dating your boyfriend. So get back into it. Maybe you really loved going out with your girlfriends on a Friday night. So start to schedule that back into your routine. Just lean back into the things that you know you really loved and brought you joy and made you happy and made you a better person. If you've been listening for the pod for a while, you would know that I'm on a mission to learn another language. And that is why I have been using Rosetta Stone. They are one of the most trusted language learning programs available on both desktop and as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. They are a trusted expert for learning languages for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages being offered everything from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Chinese, Japanese, It also has fast language acquisition. Rosetta Stone really immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's very intuitive. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's really designed for long-term retention. You're not just going to learn something and then forget it if you're not constantly practicing. What I love is they also have the built-in true accent feature, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it's like having a personal trainer for your accent and you can make sure that you're pronouncing everything as you should. It's very convenient and it has amazing value with a lifetime membership to all 25 languages. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Morning Ray listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Thank you, Rosetta Stone, for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. The weather is getting warmer and sometimes life gets busy in the summer months and that is where factors no prep no mess meals come into play meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto factors fresh never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes so no matter how busy you are you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious great tasting meals Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. 
Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian-approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Head to factormeals.com slash Alana50 and use code Alana50 for 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Alana50 at factormeals.com slash Alana50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Thank you, Factor Meals, for sponsoring this week's episode of Morning Ray. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. And choose to dedicate more time to those things. And maybe even challenge yourself more with like some inner work. So journaling or meditation or listening to more self-improvement podcasts and things that really challenge your line of thought and the way that you think about things and approach things. I think those are really great places to start. And I would encourage you to maybe take a break from dating. Like don't just jump back into going out with dates with other guys. I mean, you could, but I think just like use your energy and time to focus on yourself and your friendships and your family and your relationships with your siblings or your parents or your loved ones outside of that boyfriend because you now you have more time to prioritize those things as opposed to splitting that time with the person that you were seeing before. I know it can be really daunting. I know it can be scary. I know it can feel really lonely, but I promise you being single is honestly amazing and I feel like I've learned so much about myself in being single and not really ever having a long-term relationship And I think it's given me that benefit that a lot of my friends haven't really had. Like I can really confidently say I know who I am as a person. I know what I want in life. I know I want what I want my life to look at look like. And I also know that I'm capable of doing things on my own. I'm literally in LA right now by myself. I have a I booked a solo trip. So take the time to really get confident in who you are as a person and to spend time doing that instead of your relationship. What do you do in those times when self-care feels like a chore? I know this can happen a lot, especially if you're going through a spell where you feel really low or maybe you're depressed, but that's why I think having a why as to why you do these self-care things is super important because in these times we can lean into that, but also just know that it's okay to give yourself grace. It's okay to lean into feeling sad or to feeling low a bit, but kind of put a time constraint on that and encourage yourself and challenge yourself to get excited about these self-care things and to figure out why you're doing them because the minute you start being consistent with eating well and getting enough sleep and showering and actually getting ready in the morning and being consistent with a workout routine you realize how much better you feel when you're being consistent with these things and putting time into them and actually putting quality time and attention into them then when we're out of it it's really hard to start I know even getting back into working out after being sick has definitely been a struggle I literally did my first workout in over two weeks today so I feel you I know it can feel like a chore sometimes but Use a little self-discipline, find a why as to why you want to do these self-care things and encourage yourself to do these things and give yourself a little reward if you accomplish it. Like say, 
you grocery shop and you make your meals and everything for a week, like get yourself a little treat. Maybe you buy stuff to make cookies or your favorite dessert, or maybe you splurge a little bit on a nicer meal that you've been wanting to make. Maybe it's like your favorite recipe or something. I don't know. Find little ways to kind of like bribe yourself to get excited about these self-care things because the hardest part is starting. Once you start, you feel good and you want to keep doing these things because they make you feel good. But right now it kind of feels like a chore, so you're dreading it. But if you kind of shift your mindset and reframe what these self-care practices mean to you, you can get really excited about it and it will make you feel really good and energized again and not so much like a chore. Managing your finances in your 20s. This one is a tough one. I feel like your 20s can look so different for everyone and so many different things change and all of that. But I think the best thing I have learned is to never live outside my means, like to never spend more than I'm earning, to constantly be putting a portion or percentage of my earnings into a savings account and another percentage into investments. You don't need to be making thousands of dollars and investing to be able to invest. Like you don't have to invest thousands of dollars at a time. Obviously, the more you invest, the more money you will make. But if you use an app like Well Simple, you can literally buy portions of a stock and even the smallest things count and money grows over time. So the sooner you get into setting up your TFSA and your RSP, and if you live in the States, like leveraging like a 401k, if you have access to that, the more money you will have by the time you need to retire. Knowing that it is your 20s and you're going to have to say no to some things, like learn what really brings you joy and adds value to your life and choose which things are worth spending your money on. Like I know I really love going to a nice cafe and getting a nice cup of coffee. So I'm willing to have a bit more of a higher expense when it comes to coffee out and same with coffee at my apartment. Like I know I really love espresso and I love good a good cup of coffee. So I invested in a nicer espresso machine and I get the beans that I like and that's what I'm willing to spend my money on. But I don't really care to have like, I don't know, alcohol always in my apartment I mean I always kind of do but I'm not like always having like a glass of wine every day like that's not a thing I do like I never drink alone that's not something I personally do so I don't spend my money on that or I don't know I once like heard on a podcast I'm pretty sure it was a skinny confidential they have really good financial advice episodes in my personal opinion but you will feel rich. I'm probably going to butcher this, but you will feel rich when you spend your money on the things that bring you joy and add value to your life. And so you should take the time to spend the money on those things. Like if a really nice living environment is important for you, invest money in that. Like choose to invest in the nice pieces because you are spending so much time in your living space. If you like to travel a lot, like make sure you're prioritizing that and putting money aside like so that you can go on trips and things. Like you got to pick and choose your battles. You have to know like when to say no. Like I don't say yes to every single social plan. I don't always like ball out whenever I go for dinner every time. Like I am very much in my 20s and I remind myself that I'm only 24 and that I can't have everything and anything. But just learn what is worth spending money on for you and never live outside your means. Try to invest. Try to have a savings account. 
If you can get access to a financial advisor, a lot of banks offer it. I highly recommend. I know money is a very sensitive topic. I'm not a financial advisor, but this is kind of what I've done for me. In terms of your rent, try to keep it 20 to 30% of your monthly salary. That's just what I was taught. I know it can kind of be tough, especially in Toronto. So if you have to live with a roommate or multiple, it is what it is. But biggest thing is never live outside your means. Take advantage, oh, I didn't mention this, but take advantage of point systems, reward systems, cashback. Like a lot of people I feel like are scared to have credit cards or to spend money on their credit cards. I honestly never put payments through on a debit card or just in cash, like very rarely in cash. I'm always paying on my Amex or my MasterCard or my Visa. I have so many credit cards now, gods know why, but credit cards are super important. Not only can you get make money from spending money, like I get a lot of points on my Amex, which is what I use to pay for my flights and whatnot. There's so many perks. I have the Amex Platinum card and it's really great if you travel a lot, but obviously do your research. When we use a credit card, not only do we get cash back or points for things like flights or purchases, but it also helps build our credit, which is super important. And you build your credit by spending money on the card and then paying off your credit card balance on time and in full. Those things are super important. Having a good credit score allows us to buy a house, to get a mortgage, to get a loan if we need it. Having a good credit score is super important and you build that by having a credit card and paying that off over time. So I encourage you, if you don't have a credit card, to find one that works best for you and has the best benefits for you. Do your own research. I love Amex. I'm an Amex queen. I literally put everything on my Amex. When I can't, I'll put on like my MasterCard or my Visa. My MasterCard was my first ever credit card. But do your research, obviously. And yeah, those are my tips. But number one, never live outside your means. It is not worth it to go into debt. Like it's really not worth it. I feel like a lot of people are in credit card debt. Like never, just because you have access to a large sum of money on your credit card doesn't mean you need to spend it. Like do not spend more than you can afford. It is not worth it. It will tarnish your credit card, your credit, and it will tarnish your credit and it will only stress you out. So live within your means, okay? Trying to get back into working out, but struggling to find the energy and motivation. Girly, I get you. I got you. I feel you. I think creating a little workout schedule for yourself is super helpful and can get us excited and will help give us a little bit of discipline, like determining what workouts or workout classes you're going to do on what days so that it's all written out for you. You don't have to think about it and you're more likely to stick to it. Figure out the time of day that works best for you. Honestly, morning workouts, even if it means you have to wake up super early before school or work, are truly the best way to get back into a workout routine because number one, your willpower is the highest in the morning when you wake up. Number two, you can't really use the excuse that you're too tired from your day of work or that you have like social plans or whatever. So I encourage you to try to schedule your workouts in the morning, even if it means you have to wake up at 5 or 6 a.m. It is so worth it. That is what I used to do before my 9 to 5. I still try to do morning workouts because I have the highest willpower. I know if I schedule an evening workout for myself, the likelihood of me actually following through with it is so rare. Like, 
it is really not going to happen. I'm probably going to cancel or make a million one different excuses as to why I can't do it. So work out in the morning, figure out what your workouts are before, schedule them. If you need to do classes, do it because they have the cancellation fee and whatnot and you don't want to lose credits or be charged extra money on top of the credit you already spent. So schedule it ahead, find workouts that you get really excited about. Maybe when you start working out, you start with something a little more low intensity. So something like a Pilates class or yoga class as opposed to like a berries or a hit class of any sort. Try to do a variety of different workouts. I love workout studios like Sweat and Tonic or a gym like Altea where they have like multiple different types of workout classes because you're never going to get bored and it's more affordable that way. You can also use something like ClassPass where you have access to a bunch of different workouts, but I always find cross training is the most exciting. I think also having a workout plan. So if you're working out at a gym, following a plan like Alive by Whitney Simmons or one of the ones on the Sweat app from like Kayla Zenas or something like Form from Sammy Clark, like anything where there's like a plan where you can see a start and finish and it kind of tells you what workouts you're going to do each week is really helpful. At least I know that was the thing that always keeps me the most consistent. When I have a workout plan, I'm consistent with working out. I need some sort of structure, some sort of game plan, a schedule to keep me in alignment and to keep me consistent. So that's super important. If you're wanting to get into running, following a running plan on an app like Runna. I love Runna. I've spoken about it a million one times. Use my code Alana for two weeks free off of the premium plans, which I highly recommend. It's literally what I use to train for my half marathon. That's not sponsored. I love them. I pay for the app myself. It's amazing. Following a plan, having a schedule, and doing workouts that I thoroughly enjoy and look forward to are the keys and working out in the morning. Like wake up, go work out before you can even think about it. Like put your workout clothes before you can even process what you're doing is the key. How to focus while doing your schoolwork. I swear I have some sort of ADHD or ADD. I will literally think of a million one things while I'm doing one activity and start doing something else while I'm doing an activity you know the thing. I found when I was studying for school and doing schoolwork, I had to have a designated place to do work, even now as an adult working for myself. And when I was working remotely, I needed to have a designated work spot. So either it's an entire room, like an office, if you have the luxury of that, a table, maybe you have a designated desk for your work. Maybe you decide that you're always going to work at your kitchen table, at the kitchen counter, or like the island or whatever it is. Like have a designated spot to do your work and that you can associate doing work with that area so that when you sit down there, your mind can think straight and you can be productive. Putting your phone on do not disturb, putting it out of sight, out of mind, whether it's in a bag or in a separate room is super helpful. Using those browser lockdown apps that like block off social media or things that you might get distracted by and try to go on when you're studying as a way to procrastinate are super helpful as well. I found also working in 20 minute or 25 minute increments was super helpful for me. So setting a timer, there's even websites. I forgot what I used to use, but there's websites that can literally set it up for you. So like working for 20, 25 minutes and taking a five minute break, I found to be the most productive and setting like designated work time. So figuring out the best time when I was the most productive and could actually think and concentrate. So I was never someone that could work all my schoolwork super late at night. So I needed to do it more so in the morning or in the afternoon. That really helped. So figure out the best time for you to work have a designated work spot, remove distractions. I also found 
working at cafes was super helpful for me because I had the accountability of like other people, whether they were actually looking at me or not, like being around me. So then I wanted to actually work because I'm a people pleaser and I wanted people to think that it's being productive. So that helped and I can't ever work in like complete silence. So being in a cafe environment gave me that background chatter noise that I kind of wanted. Although sometimes I did need like white noise. I'd put my headphones on and play white noise and that really helped me focus if I was really studying for like an exam or something like that in university. But I loved working in cafes over a library. Libraries I just found too silent and I didn't like the atmosphere. I always just, I was a cafe girly. Like I would go to my local cafe or local Starbucks and sit down and do my work and decide like I was gonna be there from 10 to 12 or like 10 to two or something like that. In fact, I'm going literally to a cafe after this to sit and edit this episode so that I'm focused. Any tips for someone who wants to get into running but doesn't know where to start? I think using an app like Rana, I'm literally going to mention it a million one times, is super helpful because I think there's so many things that a lot of people do wrong when they start running and that can make them really hate it and not want to do it and dread it. But if you learn how to properly run and pace yourself, it can be the biggest game changer. So I highly recommend downloading an app like Runna. They have couch to 5K plans. They have beginner plans, like just basic training plans, so many different options. And all the plans are customizable. You can put in what level you are, like if you're beginner, intermediate, advanced, whatever. You can also put in how often you want to run, what days you want to run, and it makes a schedule for you. It's just super easy and straightforward. That's one thing. Another thing, start on focusing on time over distance. And I believe a lot of the run of plans do this as well. And that's what I did when I was starting. But just start off by saying, I'm going to go run for 15 minutes and I'm going to try not stop during that whole 15 minutes. And then maybe the next time you try 18 minutes and slowly build it up as opposed to like telling yourself, oh, I'm going to go run 2K or I'm going to go run three miles or something like that. It's a lot less overwhelming and intimidating when you just say you're going to run for a short number of time or whatever given time over a distance and to run slow. It's so important. Run slow. You want 80% of your runs to be easy and running slow and easy. It should be a conversational pace. It makes running so much more enjoyable. Only 20% of your runs should you really be pushing the pace and drop all comparison. Like don't compare your pace and your time and whatever me or a friend or someone who's maybe been running a lot longer or especially like as a female do not compare your race times to a male they are just fucked they can run extremely fast I don't know what it is it's just their their biology or whatever their makeup they can run a lot faster than us unfortunately or fortunately but also just leave your ego at the door go in with no expectations the more consistent you are the easier it will get and Yeah. Oh, and go to your running store and get fitted for running shoes. Having proper running shoes that fit you properly for your foot, for your gait, for everything changes everything. How do you handle your emotions? Such a scary world we are living in. I try to just like really ground myself to do things like breath work, meditation, journaling, things that really just calm me and give me an inner sense of peace. I really try not to consume too much news. I rather have the privilege of being ignorant, if I can, to what's happening. Obviously, I like to have some sort of awareness and idea about what's going on in the world around me with the news, but I do not want to be listening to the news 24-7. When I was living at home, my mom always had CP24, which is like a news station in Toronto, playing, and 
just having this constant inbound of news caused me to be a certain level of anxiety constantly and just always consuming news would just stress me out. So I really try to limit it whether I like, like I still get the alerts from like Apple news or whatever. I see that I get stuff on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, but just like limiting the news and choosing to be a bit ignorant has really given me peace and really just helps keep me calm. But in terms of handling my emotions, just doing grounding techniques like breath work, finding five things that are familiar to me, communicating with others how I'm feeling, going to therapy consistently have all really helped. But just having like the tools in my toolbox to be able to handle any moments of increased anxiety or stress and knowing what I need to do in order to calm myself down. Favorite perfume and hair products. Okay, you guys know I love my Orbe hair products, specifically the Gold Lust line. I also love Devine's. I love their Smooth Love line. Their shampoo and conditioner is amazing. I also love L'Oreal's like Dream Links shampoo and conditioner from the drugstore. I also love the Color Wow Dream Coat. It is my holy grail. Love anything Moroccan oil, specifically just like their original hair oil. Their hair mask is also amazing. The Jisoo hair mask is amazing. I love um, Orbe, not Orbe, Olaplex bonding oil is amazing. Those are like hair products I love, hair tools I love. I love my GHG soft curl tong curling iron. It's the one I always use. I'm obsessed with my Shark Beauty flex styler. It's like their dupe of the Dyson. I love a good round brush for a blowout. I love the Orbe fine styler hairspray and their texture spray drugstore hairspray. I also love L'Oreal. L'Oreal is definitely like my brand for drugstore hair products. Perfume. I have been a hardcore user of the YSL Libre perfume, just the original one. I've been using it for years. I think I've gone through two full bottles at this point. I'm on my third and I'm almost on that. I also love the Prada Paradox perfume. Replica by Mason Margiela Bubble Bath is really nice. It's a really nice, like, clean smell. I also love By the Fireplace by them. Those are my favorite perfumes and hair products. Oh, I also like the... I forgot what it's actually called. But the Bum Bum Cream brand, their body spray is really good. And last question is, what meal delivery service do you use? When I'm ordering takeout, I'm a hardcore Uber Eats girly. I have the Uber One membership for in Toronto. And then meal delivery service, I get meal prep from Eat Nook. It's based in Toronto. Everything is organic, whole foods, refined sugar-free, gluten-free, dairy-free. They have athletic meals or athlete meals that have higher protein, which I really love. They also have vegan options. If you're vegan, it's plant-forward plant forward cooking, so it's very focused on vegetables and things like that. They don't use any canola oil. Everything's like coconut oil or olive oil or avocado oil, which we love. And I actually have discount codes, so I'll put them in the description if you're based in Toronto and want to try it out. I believe the one code is for your first time, you'll get free delivery, and then the other code is like a discount on your order moving forward, but I'm going to end this episode here. I hope that you enjoyed it. I love you guys so much. If you would leave a five-star rating or review on the podcast, that's how you can help support the pod, and I always love reading reviews or the little replies that you can do on um, Spotify. 
but I will chat to you guys on Monday and hopefully my voice sounds a little better, but probably not because I have to record that episode soon. So love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving if you're American and you celebrate and I love you guys. Bye. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans. Like for a new ride, or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.